1: New Albany, Ohio, a suburb of Columbus. He planted a church there. He'll tell you a little bit more about that. But most of you, especially if you're my age, you'll know Mark Condon more for his music ministry. I grew up in church singing Mark Condon songs. And you can find him, by the way, on Apple Music, Spotify, I'm sure, YouTube. But Pastor Mark is an anointed man of God. We are so blessed to have him for the very first time here at Life Church. We had a mighty move of God at 9 o'clock. How many of you expect the same thing to happen here today? Amen. And you know what? We pride ourselves on being here in the south, so why don't we give him a good, warm, southern hospitality welcome right now
0: to Pastor Mark Hunt. You may be seated, and man, what, what, a, what a great church. Uh, I love your facility, and uh, we just got a new building for our church about a year and a half ago, so we're pretty pumped, but it's not this big. And we need it this big. So, uh, you pray that God will just keep doing crazy, cool things at uh, Infinite Church. And, um, so, man, I'm, I've, we've had a good time. I was here yesterday with the worship team. I said the youth group uh, first service. I guess because they all looked youth to me. So, um, but uh, the worship team and uh, just a great time. And and um, and I, I, you guys got you. You all are all blessed. I'm sure you know that. But you're all blessed with a great. Great worship team that knows how to take us to the throne room, and uh, so if you'll uh, just kind of go back with me, let's go into a little bit more worship. This is a song I. Um, I always feel sorry for people that can't play. You know, I, I just think, man, how how miserable you all must be. You know, not to be able to like when you want those moments to just go into the room, get on a piano or a guitar or something, and and just get caught away in the presence of God. And because uh, I've had so many of those moments. So I feel sorry for you, uh, you know, but uh, since maybe since you didn't take advantage of the lessons that your parents tried to get you for some of you, uh, you'll just have to go with me this morning. So, worshiping you, worshiping you, there's nothing else that i would rather do worshiping you worshiping you you make it easy lord cuz i'm so in love with you Worshipping you, worshiping you, oh yeah, yeah. there's nothing else that I would rather do, oh I love to give you praise, worshiping you. should be. Yeah. If I ever get good at really, really good at anything, I want to be good at worshiping him. Because, you know, when it's all said and done, we're going to go to heaven, and that's what we're going to do. That's right. So I'm just this is all just practice for us here. And, uh, and so I'm thankful for his presence that I feel in this place. Several years ago, back in 2012, actually, um, had something really a little different. I've written lots of songs through the years, but... Uh, this particular song came to me a little different, and I uh, would wake up in the middle of the night and uh, and couldn't get back to sleep. I don't know if anyone else ever does that. You start thinking about things that you can't do anything about. You know, I mean, uh, it's not like you can do anything about it two or three in the morning, and then kind of, kind of get aggravated at yourself. You're like, man, get to sleep or you're going to be miserable tomorrow. You know, but I I couldn't I could not I kept waking up, and so I thought, okay, devil. I mean, if this is you, I'm just going to start singing. I made up a little song that I thought, I'll just sing this song. And, and when I sing the song, the peace of God would just come over me and I'd fall back to sleep. And, and if I'd wake up again, I said, okay, if that's what you're going to do, I'm going to sing the song again. And it was kind of just a little mental thing that was going on with me. And, uh, and finally, one morning, it was a set, Monday morning, God had just been dealing with me all week long about that song. And, and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to sit down and finish this thing and, and write the whole song. And, uh, because people are going through situations all the time and, and the enemy just loves, if he can just distract you, if he can just get you, you know, worrying about things that, you know, most of the time, you know, they never happen, but you just worry and, and, and get anxiety and fear over everything that's going on. And of course now more than ever, it just seems like there's so many crazy things going on around the world. And, uh, so I wrote this song and, um, I was at a church in Cincinnati and we sang it for the first time with the choir. In fact, it was a Sunday morning. We'd already gone through rehearsal on all the songs we were going to sing. And I said, you know, hey, would you like to hear a new song I just wrote? And they said, yeah, let's do that. You know. So I, I, uh, I sang this. Oh, man, we got to do that today. So we, we actually sang it. And, uh, of course, they had their live stream. They wound up recording it. And now it's been viewed like... 1.5 million times or something like that real close to that on at least the one the video there's others now out there and and so i just want to sing it with you if you know the song i would love for you to just kind of shut everything out for just a couple minutes and sing it with me it says peace, peace of god cover me just a simple chorus cover me cover me of God cover me through the storm cover me try to sing with me, really simple peace of God cover me cover me cover me of God cover me through the storm stand. Cover me. Cover me right now, Lord. Cover my mind. Cover my family, Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, I need you. I need you. song one time when I was actually aggravated I don't recommend that Um, but I was mad you know when you work in ministry uh, you know it's the music is the easy part the preaching that's kind of the easy part it's the people hey come on somebody people are weird I don't know if they're weird in Virginia but they're weird in Ohio I mean people do dumb things you know and, and then I'm left to deal with it you know um, so can you sense the bitterness that's coming from me right now? And so I wrote this song. And one thing I've learned about life is when you are upset, when you are down, when you are discouraged, and when you're going through a trial, the best thing that you can ever do is learn how to think up and learn how to sing up. Learn how to sing a song of praise. Do the opposite of the way you feel. And so one morning I was in my office and I was kind of just complaining to God, and, you know, I was kind of calling it prayer, but I was really complaining, there's a the difference. And I was just saying, God, I don't get this, you know, I mean, I had some musicians that were giving me some fits, and and, and so I was like, God, this isn't fair, this isn't right, and I was just complaining, wah, where, where, you know, and, and so I, I thought, okay, I'm going to do the opposite of my feet, the way I feel, and I wrote this song, uh, that maybe, some, maybe you've sung it here through the years, but... Um, Years ago, maybe I don't know, but it just says, I'm a little tired of the devil's games, keeping me in bondage through my sorrows and my pains. I deserve better, I won't go another day. I'm here to claim deliverance in Jesus' name. All over me Now I have royal blood Flowing through my veins I'm a child of the king I've been buried in his name There is no devil That can come against me Maker is, aren't you glad you have a God that you can go to and and trust and believe in and and I'm glad that I have a God that's real, Amen. Somebody, yeah, yeah, uh, man, great to be here in Virginia, and um, I am so pleased with what God is what I, God is doing here. I see and and uh, I love being a part of things that are happening. Right, Amen. Somebody, Amen. Thought you're going to come here and help me preach for a minute. So, um, I have a dog, and uh, this dog is um, this dog is my friend. It has nothing to do. With, this has nothing to do with my message. Um, this is uh, this isn't spiritual in any kind of way. Um, but this dog of mine uh, is like my wife doesn't like my dog. And, but dogs are great because dogs, um, they're, they're your friend. They don't ever reject you. I mean, you can, you can be grouchy one day, and they still—they still, they still are your friend. So last night, my wife, she doesn't like my dog, and the dog is not allowed on the bed or anything, and she makes sure she is like the fun police. And, um, and so um, she uh, told me this morning on the way to church that she said, I need to tell you something because, see, a lot of times I go to bed before her and um, and and Hank, my dog, he's an Australian Labradoodle, and he uh, he'll jump up in the bed. And then when Carol comes in, the first thing she says, "Get off the bed." And uh, and so uh, last night there was a storm. He's never done this before, but there was a storm. And there was lightning and thundering. She said, about two o'clock in the middle of the night, she said something heavy jumped on me, and um, and so Hank uh, Hank jumped on Carol and laid on her all night long, and and she said, I said, you actually let him stay up there? She goes, well, I was afraid he would be afraid. And so I said this morning, I said, miracles are still happening. The fact that that happened is a miracle. So uh, I'm going to preach to you from one short little verse, 16 words that I believe um, are a uh, trajectory uh, that could change your life if you truly understand and comprehend Uh, this one little verse. And so Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, we'll get right into it here this morning. Uh, I'm sure you've probably heard this verse before. It's not some, you know, verse that's hidden. Uh, But it says, do not boast. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. But it says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Um. Now, most of us probably have plans today. I have a plan. I'm going to fly home. My two grandsons, two of them, are staying at my house. or in town. And so I get in late tonight, so I won't see them. But I, I have plans to fly home. I have plans to make it home. You know, if they would ever tell you that 99% of all planes make it, would you get on a plane? And, you know, so I have plans to make it home. And uh, and I'm sure some of you have plans uh, for a lunch today. Maybe you're going to spend some time with some family. Uh, some of you have plans for this week. Maybe there's someone in this room that thinks, hey, we're going on vacation this week, and uh, we've been waiting for this. Or maybe you've got a good sales call that's about to take place. It's going to be a good payday for you this week. And, uh, you know, you've, you've got plans. Some of you have got plans for this week. Some of you have plans uh, for this summer. You've you've got some things you're going to work on in your home this summer when you get some time. And, and, and maybe there's even a few people in this room that you've got the next five years planned. You think, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a degree, and I'm going to go make good money. And uh, you've got your life planned out. But the scripture tells us, do not boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what's going to happen. You don't have a clue what's going to happen. And so does this scripture mean that we shouldn't have goals? Does this scripture mean that we shouldn't have some kind of design and plan? I don't believe so. I believe what the scripture is saying is that time is, matters time matters and the right now matters I believe this one small scripture is making us aware that today is what counts today matters it was 1983 that uh, I was 18 years old I just turned 18 and my father pastored in Pennsylvania and he wanted to uh, take a church in Ohio and that's kind of how I got there and and uh, but my dad uh, took a church in Groveport, which is a suburb of Columbus, and so a lot was changing at 18 years old. And and uh, I'm finding a new place. I'm finding new friends, and and getting connected into the uh, youth group there at the church. And there was one particular girl there whose name was Chrissy Horsley. She was a senior high, in high school, and I remember her mom. Uh, coming up to me and saying that you know Chrissy is wanting to go to Ohio State and for voice and and she's a good student and 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 definitely I didn't know her that well you know but she seemed like a, a really good girl really good student and, and um, you know she wasn't a line pusher she just seemed like she knew where she was going and what she was doing and and so after about six months of being there we did of course throughout that time we did a lot of what young people do at church and you know we went and played putt putt and and uh, with the whole youth group, not just her and I, you know, it was just the youth group, and uh, we, you know, ate pizza together, did, did, you know, we all hung out in the youth group, there was, um, it was a fun time, but one particular night, I remember, the phone rang, and this is was, I don't know if there's people in here that don't understand what phones are that used to be, like, connected to the wall, but, um, you know, uh, so anyway, the phone rang in the kitchen area, we were all standing around, my father answered the phone, and, and the conversation kind of went like this. And uh, he answered the phone, hello. And it was quiet a little bit. He goes, when did this happen? And, uh, and then a few minutes later, you know, uh, where was she? And, uh, and then he said, well, you know, he goes, oh, my, oh, my. He goes, what, what hospital is she in? And, uh, and so finally he hangs up with this phone. And uh, he looks at our family and said, Chrissy's been in a very bad accident. And uh, she's at Grand Hospital, and I'm going to go leave right now and, and pray. And 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 so he asked me. He never. I don't ever remember him asking me before. But he asked if I would want to go with him to uh, to the hospital. And and you know, I thought, well, it's a new you know, preacher's kid here. I'm trying to connect with everybody. And, you know, I thought, yeah, I'll definitely go. And so I went with my dad and, and, uh, we got to the emergency room and of course there was a lot of their family that were, you know, sitting in the, uh, emergency waiting area. And, and of course I didn't know what to do. I, again, I'm kind of new to the area and young and, you know, but I'm just kind of observing everything that's happening. And, and I remember the doctor walking out and, and, and the, the family, the mom and dad and, siblings they they all kind of huddled in close my dad was over there with them and I kind of stood back just watching I kind of you know knew my place and and what I should be doing there and I just observing and listening and and um and I and I all of a sudden the doctor was shaking his head no and and the next thing I know the mother kind of just buckled right there and the father just kind of let out a bunch of air and and everyone just kind of just you could tell uh it was not a good moment and and you know I, I quickly figured out that Chrissy didn't make it and, and Chrissy had died. i never experienced anything quite like that. Um, I, you know, I've never had a friend get in an accident, at, at, you know, at that age. And, and, uh, and it, this was, I was kind of trying to take all this in. What does this mean? It didn't seem real. It seemed like, okay, they're going to come out with another report in a minute, you know, that says everything's fine. But uh, I was trying to process all this. You know, one day we're having fun. One day we're eating pizza. One day we're you know in the youth group laughing and talking about our futures and and the very next I mean the very next moment it's like wham uh, the life is over of Chrissy and, and 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 I'm trying to figure it out I'm thinking has she got up that morning and and said you know uh, what am I going to do today how am I going to live this day and uh, and yet that afternoon her life is gone and and I um, I look at our life and and and, and Chrissy had no idea that that the sand in the top of her life was gone. She had no idea that it was over with. No, no, No more of Chrissy's life. And none of us know, none of us know with certainty whether we are going to be here tomorrow or next week or next month or five years from now. There's absolutely no way that any one of us can tell how much sand we have left in the top of our life. We're all given a certain amount. God knows, but we don't know. We have no clue what's left in our life. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. But I, I plan to do as much as I can. I plan to live as intentional as I can. I thought to the day as the team was worshiping, I thought I don't know how much time I have left in the top of my life. And so I don't want to just waste one moment when I walk through these doors. I want to come with my worship, with my praise, with my energy, because I don't know what happens when I walk out of this room. I plan to make a difference while I'm here. I plan to live while I'm on this planet because why time matters. The point is you don't know, I don't know how much future we have. What's gone is gone. What's in the bottom of this glass of our life, it's over with. It's already sifted through. There's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing that we can do about the past. Some of you have gone through Deep wounds in life. In some of you, there's divorce in the bottom of this glass. With some of you, there's heartache in the bottom of this glass. With some of you today, there's disappointment in the bottom of this glass. Mistakes that you've made that cost you dearly. For some of you, there's some relationship setbacks in the bottom of this glass. For some of you, there is a church hurt in the bottom of this glass. Things that you thought, the church, I thought I could trust it. I thought it would be safe. But the reality is church people are just people. And we all have issues and we all have our, our problems. In and, and so we can get hurt in a place that we think is safe sometimes. And, and some of us have that in the bottom of our glass. Some of us have painful childhood experiences that we've carried and it's in the bottom of this glass. Physical abuse. Mental abuse. To some in this room even sexual abuse that's kind of gnawed at you in your life and it's it's in the bottom of this glass. And some of you have had terrible things happen to you in the past but what's gone is gone. It's gone. It's in the past. And to spend time focusing on the past is to spend time on the only thing you've got left. If you take this time and worry about this time, you're losing what's valuable to you and to live this day to the fullest of what God has in store for your life. Don't miss your now and your future over what has already gone in the past. Are you hearing me this morning? We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised. We sometimes live life like it's just going to keep going and going and going. Sometimes we sit there and complain about, well, this person did this to me, and this person did that to me, and this person took this person, or this person took sand from my life. This person took time from me. And and we spend this time focusing on the hurts and the wounds, and, and yet the sand just keeps running. The time just keeps running and we're losing valuable, valuable time of what we have spending it on the past. This is all we've got. This is all we've got. Now, I don't know if you ever played games with these little timers like this and um, I, I, I like to win. In fact, I think I hate to lose more than I like to win. And I just... I don't play games for fellowship. You know, I play games to win. And I remember when my kids were little one time, I was playing a game of Monopoly with my daughter. She's probably six or seven. And and we were playing at the kitchen table and Carol's working, doing something in the kitchen. And Mikel's kind of complaining about something, looking all sad and dejected. And, you know, Carol being the good mom she is, she says, Mark, are you being fair? I'm saying, yes, I'm being fair. I'm winning you know, she said, Mark, she's only six, you know, give her a break, you know, and I thought, man, I don't want to just win just out of just being kind, I want to learn how to win because that's what it takes to win in life, you know, I'm trying to be a good dad and teach her principles and values and, and, but I love to win. And so, I don't know if you've ever played a game and got one of these little babies and and someone starts doing something that doesn't seem right in the middle of the game. Like they're interrupting you. They're like talking when you're trying to think. And, and they're they're cheating is what they're doing. <laughs> and so you like to want to put it sideways and say, wait, what's the real rules? You know, what's the real rules? But see, in life, you don't get to put it sideways. It just keeps running. When you get something that's not fair, when you get something that's not uh, that's not, uh Healthy to you, you you don't get to put it sideways and say, just wait a minute, let's take a break. Now, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you know, sometimes I'll just like, they're playing and they're trying to answer, and I'm kind of just, you know, yeah. Oh, isn't God good? You know, you're trying to rush time. You're trying to rush time, and, and, and they say it doesn't work. You know, I don't know for sure. I, I, think, I mean, I don't know if it makes it go through any faster. But the truth is sometimes we feel like people have robbed us of some of the goodness in our life. That people have disappointed us and caused deep wounds and, and if we're not careful, we get focused on what is in the bottom. Now, if some of you are looking thinking, this is an hourglass. And so we're thinking, my God, is he going to preach the whole hour? I just want you to know that's not going to happen. So relax, enjoy this, all right? But sometimes we get so focused on the hurts and the wounds and and the disappointments in life because we can all probably say that life has not turned out exactly the way we planned it. I believe that it's good to have goals. I have them. I believe it's good to have ambitions and desires and go to school and work on careers and work on families. I think all that's good, but not at the cost of losing what's happening right now. You've got to keep your focus on what's happening at the present moment. When you die, you'll leave behind possessions, wealth, influence, relationships, education, career. You'll leave back romance. The only things that have lasting value are those things which are eternal. Can I say that again? The only things that have lasting value are the things... That are eternal. What are you going to do with today? What choices are you going to make today? What decisions are you going to make with your family, with your children? We were, Pastor and I were talking yesterday, we're kind of in the same season, we've got little grandkids coming along, and we're talking about, you know, just how much you value. Of the time with these the conversations and how they talk and the words and 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 they want to come over to poppy's house and 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 spend time with you and they want to ride in poppy's car and 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 I I don't remember those moments as much with my kids. You know I was so focused on building a ministry for the kingdom of God and and all these things that you know and yet I, I think man I, I cherish These moments when little Arlo comes down tomorrow morning, I'm going to be like, let's talk. Let's talk. What are we focusing on today? What are you going to do with this week? What are you going to do with what you have left in the top of your life? We don't know. We don't know what's left. And so how am I going to spend it? Whose life are you going to heal this week through kindness? What need are you going to meet this week? Sometimes we run so selfish about our own agenda and our own cares when there's people all around us that God is trying to get our attention and say, find a hurt and heal it. Find a need and meet it. We've got to touch this community because we don't know what kind of time is left. It certainly doesn't take even someone spiritual to look around the news and see where this world is and see what's gone on in the last couple of years even. And we can see with the wars and the pestilence and the earthquakes and everything that's going on. The scripture tells us this. It tells us there is a time and it's going to be an end one day. So how can I make the biggest impact? How can I be intentional and help people? Several years ago, it's been nine and a half years now, and I was in Houston, Texas, and I was just going about my business. I was teaching at a worship conference, and I got up on a Saturday morning, and the back of my neck was just killing me. I felt like someone was like just clamping down on it. And I told my wife, I called her that morning on a Saturday morning. I was getting ready to go teach for four straight hours, and I said, Man, I feel like I've been hit by a truck. You know, I said, I don't know what's wrong with me, but man, I slept on my neck wrong. And, and so I went and talked for four hours, uh, got on a plane, flew home. As I was walking through the airport, it hit me again. I about just crashed right there in the middle of the park or the, the uh, airport area. And, uh, and man, I just got lightheaded and got in the car, didn't say anything to Carol. Just we got into conversation about something else and, and went and did church Sunday morning, came back Sunday afternoon. It hit me again. And I thought, man, I have messed up my shoulder. And Monday morning, I get up and it hit me again. Finally, Carol does what most wives do. She goes to Google, and she starts to figure out what's wrong with you and, and gets her doctor's degree and, and starts to tell you everything that's wrong with you. I, do I have a witness in the house right now, somebody? You know, and, and so you're like, my God, Carol, just shut the computer down, you know. And then Tuesday morning happened again. And I knew something serious was wrong with me, and so she rushes me to the the hospital or the urgent center, and and, uh, and the guy, the doctor looks at me and says, Mr. Condon, you are in the middle of a heart attack right now. And he said, we are going to rush you over to Mount Carmel East, the heart center there. And so they put me in this little, uh, very expensive van called an ambulance, and... um, (laughs) Took me over to there and and spent a few days in a very very expensive hotel room at the hospital, and um, and they said your artery, your main artery, what they call the Widowmaker, is ninety nine point nine percent blocked. I've always been healthy. I've never had any problems. And uh, but uh, here I am in this hospital. My mind now is racing. My mind is starting to think. But they called two of my kids were in college. Two of them were in high school, and 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 they were working their way to the hospital at this point. Carol told him what was going on. And my mind was swimming, thinking, you know, do I have minutes left? Do I have days left? I mean, am I going to live? I mean, I, I just didn't know what was happening. I'd never been in this kind of a setting before and, and I, I got to thinking about my kids and I'm thinking, I don't know if they're ready to live without me yet. I don't know if I've taught them everything I want to teach them yet and and I don't know if Carol, what's Carol going to do? And you know, we've tried to make sure everything would be fine if something ever happened to me but when it comes down to the real time you know, I'm thinking, I, I, man, does she know where everything is and, and, and you know, can she make it and what will she do and and you know, I'm thinking all these thoughts are racing through my mind. What about my ministry? Am I done? If I live, am I sitting in a rocking chair the rest of my life? I mean, what what is my life going to be? And I mean, this my mind's going like crazy because I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I've got three grands of saying left or a thousand grands of saying of saying left. I don't know what's left in my life. And I remember the kids that came. We talked, and they all left. And I laid there in the hospital room. The lights were dim that night. Carol was sitting by my side, and it was kind of quiet. I could tell that Carol was extremely worried, and I didn't know how to answer the questions. I didn't know how to tell her that, you know, it's going to be okay because I didn't know myself. And, and I knew the next morning they were uh, going to put a stint in, and, I didn't you know, they said there's risk in that. And, I, of course, you know, I've always been healthy, and I didn't pay much attention to hospitals and, and medical procedures, so I don't really know what all that was at the time. And, and, um, but I remember laying there that night thinking, God, if you give me 10 more years, I will do everything I can to do something that impacts the kingdom. And I asked myself, what could I do that would make the biggest difference for the kingdom of anything I've ever done in my life? God had been dealing with me about planning Infinite Church, and uh, and I uh, I was afraid to be honest with you. I had you know God had blessed the music world for us, and it was working well. We were a year from our home being paid off, and our kids were almost grown. I mean, we were comfortable. And, and so to make that kind of a change was scary. I thought, man, what if it doesn't work? What if nobody comes? You know, what? If, and if they don't come, what if my kids bolt on me? If my kids bolt on me, I know Carol will bolt on me. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what's going to happen with my life if this isn't God, you know, and But I thought, God, what can I do? I don't know what kind of time is left in my life. And I want to make sure, God, that I take every minute and give you 100%. How can I please you the most? What can I do? Who's lost that I can reach? How can I worship better? How can I do life better? Because, God, I don't want to get caught up. All of a sudden, I didn't find myself thinking, wow, remember that person that hurt me? Man, I hope they get hemorrhoids. You know? I mean, I, I did, you know, I, 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 that even wasn't on my mind. Sorry if that wasn't very preacherish, sorry. But, I, you know, I wasn't thinking about the hurts. I wasn't thinking about the wounds. I wasn't thinking about who hurt me and, and how can I get even with them. What I was thinking about is how much time do I have left and how can I spend it for the kingdom that would please and honor God. I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody in this room, but I want you to know we're not promised. I'm not going to post about the next recording project I may make or about the next item that I may purchase. I'm focused on God. How can I spend this time that would please you and honor you? Because see, here's the deal. Every last one in this room, none of us are exempt from this story. None of us, every last one in this room, whether you believe in a God or not, you still are faced with how much time you have left in your life. And how will you spend it? And I remember Carol and I were saying, Carol and I began to talk and say, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's plant infinite church. And you know what? I look back every day. In fact, I, I sneak peeked just a minute ago on the security cameras, see if anybody was in the church. I didn't know if anybody would come today if, I, if they thought or heard I was out of town, you know. And, and so I kind of sneaked real quick. Oh yeah, there's people there. There's people loving God. And when I see the product of what God is doing, When we take every second, every minute, every day and say, God, it's about you. It's about your people. It's about who I can help. It's about who I can add value to. Come on, church. We're not promised tomorrow. I don't want to spend my life with this life, worrying about this life that's already gone. But I want to say, God, here I am today. I want to honor you. I want to please you. I want to make a difference. But, Pastor, they cost me some sand. They took some great sand from my life. They took my innocence. They took, my, they took my life. They messed up my life. That spouse, they, they walked out on me. They rejected me. And, and, and I've had to live with that. Can I tell somebody, let it go. Let it go. It's already gone. Spend your time here and say, God, I've been hurt. I've been wounded. But God, I'm going to take the rest of my life and I'm going to focus on the goodness of God. They sang the song this morning, he's a way maker. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I can't tell it, he's working. Even when I prayed prayers that weren't answered the way I thought I wanted them answered, my God is still saying, I've got you some time here. You can make this decision today. Maybe there's someone in this room that can tell you today the best decision you will ever, ever make in your life is say, I want you, Jesus, in my life. I wanna walk with you. I wanna please you. Change is gonna happen. But in this top part of your life, there's some new habits, there's some new relationships, there's some new opportunities. And, and, and I've spent my life sometimes thinking about, man, I've lost some good friends when we planted the church. There were people that didn't like the idea that we would plant the church. And there were people that said, you're not qualified to do that. You're not called to do that. You're called to do music. You're called to do this. You're called to do that. They were trying to dictate what my life was. But see, when that heart attack happened, I thought, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could fail? I almost lost my life. I thought, I'll take failure if that's what it is, God. If that's what you want, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go, I'll do it. I believe there's some ministry sitting in this room. Maybe not a pulpit ministry, but I believe that every last one of you have a ministry. And maybe you said, I'm not qualified. Maybe because of my mistakes, I shouldn't be doing that. And God say, you don't know how much time you have left. Why don't you get busy? Why don't you find someone that you can pour your life into? Why don't you find someone in this community that says, hey, I know we're kind of limited on time. I don't know if the rapture's going to happen. I don't know if I'm gone. I don't know if you're gone. But every one of us are going to have an end. One day, the last grain of sand will sift through in your life. How will you talk to God on that day? Well, God, I, you know, I, had, I had things I was doing. You know, I was kind of busy, God. You know, I, I just got, kind of got hurt, and I thought, nah, I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm not doing church anymore. You know, I just, that's not going to happen to me. I, I'm gonna, I, I'm, no, you don't know how much time you have left. I would like us to stand this morning. If the worship team will come, if you were told you have 10 hours, if you were told you had 10 hours and your last grain of sand will sift through your life, let me ask you what kind of decisions would you make in the next 10 hours? Who would you call? Would you spend time talking to the Lord? Would you spend time saying, hey, God, I've been just a little distracted. I've been a little busy. God, I, I've, I've, not, I've come into the church, and while they're worshiping, I'm thinking about the dirty dishes. I'm thinking about the children. I'm thinking about that business call. I'm thinking about the, you know, the house that needs repaired. How would you spend the next 10 hours? What would be your priority if you knew that the top half of this was about to end? How would you spend this week? How would you spend the rest of this year? Saying, you know what? I'm gonna live with a little bit more focus. I'm gonna live with a little bit more intention. I'm gonna I'm gonna let what's gone, it's gone. It's 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 through, it's over with. I can't do anything about that. But I can do something about where I am today. And God, I want to please you. I I would love to go to heaven thinking, oh yeah. I remember talking to you about Jesus. I'm so glad you made it. I'm so glad you made it. I hope when I get to heaven, before children, I'll see them and say, oh, thank you for focusing on what's right. Thank you for taking time. Thank you for not getting distracted when you saw people hurt your dad. Thank you for not giving up when you saw people take shots at your dad and your mom. Thank you for not getting better. Thank you for saying, I can't do anything about this past but I can do something about this future. Well, Pastor, you don't understand it. I've got some things God hasn't answered for me and I don't know why he's not answering them. I don't know why. Hey, focus on this. Focus on this and say, God, I want to please you. I don't know how you end your services here, I should have asked. But I want to open up this altar right now for just a few minutes before you leave. I want to ask you, will you take just a few minutes and say, God, would you help me to change the way I think? Would you help me to change some of my habits? Would you help me to change, God, some of the things that I've been focusing on down here and get my focus on back up here? Lord, I want to please you. And as this worship team begins to sing, I want you to know there's a God that loves you and he wants to help you. He wants to walk with you. wants to be with you. And you can today say, forget the past. It doesn't matter anymore. My focus is on where God's taken me. My focus is on what God has planned for my life. And I assure you, I can promise you because I'm a living example of it. When I look back over the last seven and a half years, I could have given up. I could have been bitter and said, God, man, I'm doing your work. Why am I in here in the hospital? You know, but Over the last seven and a half years, I've watched God do some amazing things in people's lives and transforming hundreds of people. And I'm so thankful that I focused up here and not down here. And we watched our children with us and we all planted a church together and we've watched God do amazing things. I can't do anything about your past today. I don't have answers for why you had to go through the pain that you've been through. I don't know why that person walked out of your life. I don't know why that that child had to pass away. I don't know why that you had to go through your pain. But what I can tell you, you don't know how much time you have left. You really want to spend wasting time on what's going on down here or do you want to say God I'm giving you the best of my life for the rest of my life will you come right now all over this auditorium would you say God I want you Lord I need you I'm giving you 100% I won't waste one more minute, God. I'm not going to waste one more hour. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to please you. God, I don't know why. I've had so many mistakes. But God, I can't do anything about the past. And I'm not going to let the enemy rob my future worrying about my past. I'm stepping forward. I'm moving forward.
1: Come on, I press forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do you feel the spirit just washing all over this place right now? Come on, cleansing, healing, restoration, forgiveness. God, I thank you, I thank you for a fresh start. I thank you for a reminder. What matters is what's in the windshield, not in the rearview mirror. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, we thank you. As we dismiss right now, why don't you just lift your hands right now and whatever it is that you're leaving at this altar, I just want you to leave it leaving some stuff here today myself and just say God I'm walking out of here it's not going to hold me hostage anymore I'm not going to keep score anymore I'm not going to be held captive by it anymore I'm not going to allow it to define me anymore God I'm going to move forward in Jesus name can we all pray that right now Father in the mighty name of Jesus Lord I thank you for a fresh start today I thank you for a reminder God and even I know the enemy is going to come back and knock on my door again but I reject it no weapon formed against me shall prosper no memory weapon no wound weapon no depression weapon no reminder weapon Today, amen. Amen. Pastor Mark, that was a word from a pastor right there. That comes from a pastor's heart. Amen. Thank you so much. And that's why I love having pastors preach at this church because they know. They know what the real world is and what the real people are go, what we're going through. Amen. Every day. Amen. God bless you. Love all of you. How many of you want to have Pastor Mark come back next year? Amen. to fall if I get into it to. <laughs> God bless you. Love you all. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Wednesday night, first Wednesday prayer, Saturday morning growth track. Love to see you at both of them. Amen. Have a great day.